Welcome to About This Writing Thing, a bi-weekly podcast about living the writing life. I am your host, novelist Sayward B. Eller, and I am very excited to have another author with me today in the proverbial booth. As you know, season three has been all about the interviews, and we will have several more before the end of the season. Today's author is an independent author. She's been publishing for quite some time. I've known her for several years virtually over Facebook. Her most recent title, Valkyrie Bitten, is the sixth book in her Rogue Valkyrie series. I hope that you will join me in giving author Rosie Weiler Owen a very hearty welcome. Welcome to the show, Rosie. Thank you so much. I know it's getting pretty late over there where you are, so I appreciate you spending your evening with me. (laughs) No worries. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Wonderful. Now, we have known one another for two or three years now, I think, on Facebook. And I know what you write, but everybody else may not. So do you want to tell us how long you've been writing and what genre you write? Yeah, sure. Um, So I started with a short story um, back in early 2018. Um, I write urban fantasy and paranormal romance. Um, And yeah, it really started off quite small. So I published my very first short story in 2018, but it wasn't until 2020 that I really started taking writing seriously. So um, last year in June, I published Valkyrie Cursed, which is the first of seven books in the Rogue Valkyrie series. The last one comes out next month. It's been a mad year. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's um, it's been really fun, like building, especially like building uh, friendships and um, skills over the past couple of years since 2018. Um, it's been slow going, um, but it's been a real experience. I can second that as someone who is still trying to build that that kind of community. I have a, a really great community, but it's still, you, you have to remember to cultivate those relationships. And I think you do a really great job at that. So oh, I just want you. to give you your props. <laughs> now you are strictly self-published. That is that right? Yeah. Apart from a few sort of stories here and there, I've sort of contributed to anthologies for charity and stuff, um, which have been with a couple of really good um, publishers, uh, indie publishers. Um, but yeah, other than that, all my novels and everything are strictly self-published. How long? So you started publishing them in 2020 or 2021? I'm sorry. Um, you just oh told me and I forgot. <laughs> well, it was 2021. Sorry. Yeah, no, I, for some reason, I, think, I thought we were in 2021 right now for some reason. No, it was 2021 when um, the first book in this series came out. Yeah, so that was June 21, yeah. And your last one just came out July 28th. That was the sixth one. Um, And then your next one you said will be out in November, which is when this episode will come out. It'll come out in November. So look for Rosie's newest release coming soon. (laughs) (laughs) So what is your process, your writing process like? Are you a plotter or are you a pantser? I am a hardcore plotter. Um, I don't know what I'm doing if I don't have a serious outline. My plans are 
almost as long as the novel itself. Um, I'll do about 15,000 words in the first stage of planning and then about 30,000 words in the second stage. So I've basically already written a novel in planning before I actually write it. Um, but it does it does make um, writing it a lot faster for me. So um, it just means I can bash out um, a couple of thousand words every day and not have to think too much, which is especially helpful when you're having one of those days where you're just feeling really sluggish. So. I have had plenty of those days. <laughs> As a pantser, I can tell you, um, 1,300 is a is a decent day for me. If I get 3,000, I have like a little party for myself because it's just sometimes it's just so difficult to get that many words on the page in a day. <laughs> yeah, it can be. I mean, I've had an amazing week this week um, because I've spent all day at coffee shops. I've been doing 4,000 words a day for four days straight, and it's I can't believe like how that happened you know I guess eventually writers do just are able to do that and I see people doing like 10,000 words a day I'm like how on earth but yeah this week has been like revolutionary for me so <laughs> hopefully it sticks. <laughs> I hope so too I always get quite a bit of words whenever I'm in a coffee shop too there's just something about the atmosphere maybe it's yeah. the caffeine I don't know but <laughs> <laughs> it gets into your bloodstream just through the air exactly <laughs> And then you hear, like, uh, maybe it's the energy of all the people that are in the coffee shop, and, and you're just kind of, you're just writing, and you, you're feeding off the, maybe we're kind of like um, succubi, succubus, <laughs> where we're just sucking their energy. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Because you do hear a lot of interesting stories when you're just sat there as well, and you overhear hear snippets of conversations, and sometimes you wonder what on earth you're overhearing, so it's like, oh, okay, I'll myself but <laughs> it's good inspiration though <laughs> exactly especially if you write family drama because sometimes that comes into the coffee shop <laughs> <laughs> so because you do such a thorough job with your plotting what is your revision process like is it do you think it's easier because you do plot so well or do you have a harder time in revision um, it's, I find it is a lot easier. Um, I use ProWritingAid as an editor, um, and I find that, uh, especially with this series, um, book by book, um, that because I've had to write them so quickly, I, I'm still remembering the points that my editor made from the manuscript before, which has dramatically reduced the amount of time I need to edit in the later books, because I've been absorbing and incorporating those uh, lessons and those points that she's been making. Um, so from from the beginning of the series to now, the editing process has shrunk a great deal, <laughs> and especially now also with Pro Writing Aid. Um, so it is a, it is still a case of going through the manuscript thoroughly to you know change words or, or change um, uh, phrasing and things like that, or just filling out scenes and everything. But um, the actual grammar and um, style is remains fairly unchanged which is hugely helpful because then you've only got a little bit you've got less to focus on which is just you know it, I don't need to tell any other writer this it just takes a load off your mind <laughs> you mentioned pro writing aid I have heard several other authors talk about pro writing aid I see it on TikTok and then of course I'm, I know a few writers who use it I'm not very familiar with it. I only use Scrivener, and um, sometimes I will use Grammarly to do, like, the soft grammar check and stuff. 
So for those of us who aren't familiar with ProWriting Aid, do you mind giving me like a really quick kind of synopsis of what it is? Yeah, of course. Um, so it is similar to Grammarly. Um, I've tried the free Grammarly before and the free ProWriting Aid, and I found that ProWriting Aid was more more in line with, I don't know, my, my style or techniques or whatever. And um, it's basically software that uh, you can incorporate with Scrivener, actually, if you get it. Um, and um, it checks your grammar, it checks for style, it checks for a lot of things such as cliches, sticky words, how many dialogue tags you use, um, whether you use uh, repeated start sentence with repeated words, sort of I, I, I in beginning every sentence. Um, and it's all these little things that you wouldn't otherwise notice. Um, like spell check on Microsoft Word would catch a fraction of it, I think. So it's been immensely helpful um, in just picking up those little things that will just sort of go over your head because you're stressed about everything else, like how good the story is and what the characters are doing. Um, yes, it's been uh, incredibly helpful. <laughs> it sounds like something I need to look into because I am the cliche queen. I love cliches for some reason. So you'll often find them within my narratives. There will be some little cliche line in there and, and I'm like, I know it's a cliche, but I just really want to keep it in there because that's just who I am. <laughs> yeah, they're cliches for a reason. They got popular, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where do you, like, I know this is, this is kind of a crazy question that we always ask other writers, but because I know mine just come from weird places, but where do your ideas come from and how do they evolve? Um, that's a huge question. I don't. <laughs> it's really hard to answer that. Um, <laughs> um I don't know. I th I honestly feel like I'm just walking along something because I daydream a lot. Um, you know, when I'm walking and exercising and um, just out and about and everything. And I, I think I think these things just sort of come together piece by piece. Um. And I'll get an idea for something here and an idea for something there and then just decide to sort of put them together. Um, because I don't I don't ever really remember birthing, if that's the right word, a, a fully formed idea for a novel just off the top of my head. So I have to I have to think that it is something it's a collection of tiny epiphanies, um, over a series of time. <laughs> I really like I really like that description because that is exactly what it feels like. Like yeah. the other night, um, my husband and I were talking about Britney Spears and her situation with her sons. And I had this, this idea pop in my head. What if this happened or what if there was a person who did this? And that's kind of what the way that it happens for me is I will see something and I'll say, what if, something you know something happened that's along the lines of what I've seen but you don't want to just steal from reality completely <laughs> so yeah, you can make it your own exactly so I say okay here's this situation what if I approached it from this aspect instead of the one that's actually happened which is how the novel that I'm currently writing drafting came to be I thought well, we always see this situation from this point of view. What if we saw it from this point of view? How would that look? And that's kind of where 
I go. So to hear you say it's these little epiphanies, it, it really is. That's exactly how the ideas seem to be born. So Yeah, and I guess that's how we don't really remember how they happen because they're all so small and happened across time that it's like, oh, where did that come from? <laughs> yes. Now, are you... I see a lot of memes and I hear a lot of... I, I hear it more with newer writers who aren't publishing yet, but they'll, um, they'll like freak out if somebody asks them what their book is about. And I internally in my mind, I'm like, how am I going to condense this into one sentence? Cause that's what we're supposed to do, right? We're supposed to be able to take this 90,000 word book that we are writing or have written and condense it to one sentence. I think that's ridiculous, but whatever. <laughs> how do you feel when someone says, what's your book about, Rosie? Or how is the book going? Because some people get really upset when people ask them, how, how's the writing going? I'm like, it's going fine. But everybody else, they're like, oh my gosh, why did they ask me this question? <laughs> so how do you <laughs> handle those questions? Um, well, uh, I've been doing a fair number of sort of networking events in my local area recently. And I am aware at that point that there will be questions as to what do you do? Oh, what do you write? So I just take a copy of my book for the sake of sparing myself that answer. So I'll just be like, oh yeah, no, just have a look, just read a bit, you know, <laughs> see what it's all about. So I have ta tactically avoided that question for um, successfully for a couple of months at least, um, just because it did used to get me really flustered. <laughs> um, but I think I am going to have to put on my big girl pants at some point and just write a little synopsis and memorize it because, um, you know, off the top of your head is a bit difficult, especially when it's really off the cuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's about a girl and this happens and this happens. And then 15 minutes later, I'm like, what was the question? <laughs> yeah. That's so true. That's exactly what happens. No wonder everyone gets flustered. <laughs> it's like the, the worst thing I think is that they've put me on the spot. Not that they're asking about the work. Not that they're asking me how it's going. It's that they're asking me to sell them my book. And, and I already have to try to sell it to so many people. And I just like don't. like I'm okay with you asking me the question. But don't expect a a a response is going to make sense. <laughs> exactly. We are writers. We are not speaking. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, give me, give me like 20 minutes for an essay question. I'll get back to you. <laughs> exactly. And don't expect it to make too much sense if it's coming from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's free writing. It's, it's a whole thing. <laughs> exactly. You have built, we talked about, you talked about this a little bit before. You touched on it a little bit before. You have really spent the last few years building up your community and building up your presence online. And I know that you're relatively new to TikTok, but on Facebook, you seem to have built a nice following. You have your own private group for people who read your books. So do you want to maybe give someone who might be listening, who may be trying to figure out how to build their online presence, what are some of your tips for them? How things that you know maybe trial and error that you went through or just some best tips that you have yeah um i remember being that that new writer who was like how on earth do i build a following and you know people have these groups and you know they're making sales and they've got a newsletter where people answer them back and things and i was like how on earth do you go about that and there wasn't really 
that much of a dialogue about it back then either. Like, people weren't really... I mean, I understand people don't want to give away their secrets or anything. Um, but the truth is, uh, of the matter for me was that um, it happened very slowly. And I wanted it to happen quickly. I think we all do, don't we? We want it to just be like that. And just be like, okay, I've decided I'm going to build a group. I'm going to build a community. Okay, so in a couple of weeks' time, I should be fine. I should have like a thousand followers or something. Um, <laughs> and that's the hope, obviously. But it, it never works out that way, or, or at least for most people, I think. Um, so I think the best uh, advice I could give is just be persistent. Um, be persistent and be polite. Um, because sort of making a good impression on people um, is, is what makes them sort of stick at the end of the day. Um, it's not just your books, it's also your demeanor. People enjoy supporting um, authors from people in general who, you know, appear graceful and, and just nice, you know, and it doesn't take any special effort if you're a nice person. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, but just have, have the memes that have the, have the group, have the newsletter, even if it has two people, three people in it, or not even that, and just just make sure it's there for people to find because you can't build it if it, you don't have the foundation. So make sure it's there and be persistent. <laughs> Very good advice, and it, and it does. I'm I'm been on I've been on TikTok for about a year doing videos, and I still only have two hundred two hundred and thirteen followers. But then a friend of mine, she joined TikTok six months after I did, and she has like 5,000 followers. And wow. it's, yeah, it's all about consistency and really getting on there and putting out videos all the time. And, and I'm not that person. Like, I'll put out maybe a video once a week, and that's it. But she consistently puts them out every single day. And I, I think that you kind of have to do that on apps like, TikTok, but then on Instagram and Facebook, you can build and cultivate a little more slowly. And mm. I think that's why I really prefer Instagram because you can build that community more slowly and the algorithm doesn't seem to punish you as much. Or it didn't yeah. before they decided to become TikTok. <laughs> yeah, definitely. They are different different beasts, aren't they? Yes. So we'll see how the algorithm treats us now that it's Instagram is trying to mimic TikTok. I don't know. But how is your following on TikTok now? Um, I had uh, a couple of months where, I think it actually was about a month, where I completely stopped. Um just because I was going through a bit of a rough time and sort of putting yourself out there every day is difficult when you're struggling. Um, but um, I sort of picked it up a little bit. It's not been every day um, recently. But I found that when I came back um, that people did miss me, which is lovely. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I've got about 2,000 followers now. Um, and uh, I've got uh, a couple of people that I wouldn't have found if it weren't for TikTok. And they're mostly authors, some readers. Um, and I'm finding that beta readers especially, um, that arc readers, they, they love um, finding people on TikTok. So um, it's that, I think that's a great place to start, actually. If you have an arc or something to beta read, um, people will jump on it. So um, I think that's a good sort of, it'd be a good boost for following if you have that. Um, so yeah, with, I, I plan on utilizing it um, quite a lot in the coming months um it, it is a big transition period for me and my husband at the moment we're kind of at a crossroads and obviously 
your tactics will change if your life's going off in a different direction. So um, because it's all a bit unknown at the moment, the future is uncertain. But I do know that TikTok will definitely be um, something that I will be using in my future series to properly make sure that it's getting to as many people as possible with um, as, as little spent as possible. <laughs> <laughs> That's key. Well, I will yes. be there supporting you. So, <laughs> oh, Thank you. And vice versa. <laughs> thank you. What advice would you give a writer who is considering self-publishing? Um, I don't want this to be negative because it's not, but be okay with the panic moments especially as writers I think a lot of us have anxiety naturally um my first six or seven months of full-timing it were terrifying because <laughs> you're doing everything for the first time you're uploading the books things go wrong Amazon might send you a little email sort of saying oh this is incorrect and you're like oh my god it's the end of the world they're gonna cancel me and, and you do you just you jump to the worst case scenario sometimes especially if you're anxiety prone um so just just remember that um, for every little setback you have, there is always a solution. Um, and that um, it, it can feel, the, the panic moments can feel all-consuming in the beginning. But just remember that you're when you're doing something for the first time, you've got to cut yourself some slack and remember that it's going to be fine. <laughs> very good. That is very, very good advice. And I will, because I have two titles that I'm going to self-publish next year, so... I will be keeping that in mind. <laughs> yes, yes. I look forward to seeing them. Thank you. One's a historical and the other is um, a contemporary. It's a novella. So I'm okay. now looking into, like, with the novella, I'd like to have um, kind of the overlay on the interior pages, on the chapters, you know. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm looking into interior formatting, and it's kind of freaking me out a little bit. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah, um, I have somebody for that um, who actually does the designs as well, so I'll let you know. Oh, perfect. That would be great. All right. Well, thank you so much, Rosie, for joining me. Oh, and I meant to to confirm, Rosie Weiler-Owen is your pen name, correct? Yeah. If you type it into Google, um, I'm pretty much the top person because I married into a family who has a name that applies to seven people globally. So <laughs> I am very easy to find. Yeah. I will, of course, link your website and your social media handles down in the description box for both the podcast and for the YouTube videos. So, and um, if, if you want to send me your author uh, page info for Amazon, I'll also link that. Great, will do. Thank you. Perfect. Well, now, as I was beginning to say a moment ago, thank you so much for joining me. I'm so happy we finally got to meet. We've been talking for three years online, so it's really cool to actually get to speak to you and and talk writing with you. So thank you so much. Yeah, it's been great. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so lovely to meet you in person. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Well, I'm going to let you go for now, for tonight. I hope that you are able to get some sleep. (laughs) Yeah, still got a few hours, but it's still a little bit before my bedtime, thankfully. (laughs) Well, have a great night, and I'll see you around social media. (laughs) Will do. Thank you so much. Bye, Rosie. Bye. 
I hope you enjoyed the interview with Rosie Weiler Owen today. She is one of the most charming people that I have met in this writing journey of mine, and I am so thankful that she agreed to be on the show today. As for me, I am still in revision land with my own work, and I'm also drafting as we touched on. I'm trying to finish this contemporary, but I also have the historical revisions that need to be done before it is published next year, and I'm still working on that novella that seems to be developing into a novel, so it will be out in spring of next year. I'll be announcing the publication date in my newsletter, Say Word B. Eller's newsletter, in January 2023. I want to remind you that About This Writing Thing is releasing a newsletter beginning in February of 2023, and I really want to hear from you, the writers out there. Send me your advice, and I mean, it's a submission process. I'm not going to lie to you. I won't be accepting every single piece that's sent to me because I am paying you, even if it is just a piddly amount, <laughs> I am paying you for your work. So the submission guidelines are on the website. I will link that below. And you can join the About This Writing Thing newsletter if you would like to be um a party to receiving <laughs> the writing, publishing, querying, writing life updates from other writers. If you have enjoyed this season of About This Writing Thing, that is what I'm striving to do in the newsletter. I want to bring you advice from the people who are on the ground floor, just like you are, well, like you may be. You may just be a reader or <laughs> you may be dabbling, but these are writers who are out there doing what we want to do. So if you're interested in learning more about their process, if you're interested in hearing publishing advice, query advice, agent advice, all kinds of writing life advice and experiences, then you're going to want to sign up for the About This Writing Thing newsletter that is debuting in February. And that is everything that I have for you this time. Uh, please remember that these episodes are pre-recorded. I spoke with Rosie way back in September. <laughs> so Things may not be as accurate as they were in September, and whenever changes like that occur, just like with Lynn Chandler Willis's episode, they pushed her publication date after we had already done the interview, so I just put that information in the description box, and I will do that with every writer that I interview. If anything changes, I'll try to note those changes for you. Anyway, that's everything. I hope that you've enjoyed this episode, and we still have several more to go. I think we have four more interviews left before the end of the season. And then I will announce on the very last episode of this season when I will begin interviews for the next season. And then I'll start reaching out to the authors that I really hope who, uh, that I really hope will want to be a part of season four. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying season four. <laughs> so anyway, happy holidays. I will speak with you again soon. Until then, take care and keep writing. <laughs>